Hello everyone and welcome back to the monthly video game briefing. This is the second episode and as you well know, because you are faithful listeners, this is a gaming news show for occasional gamers. So we don't go into all of the details of every little tidbit of news because you probably don't care. Uh, you care about the important stuff, the big news, the things that are impacting more than just the super hardcore gamer. And we're here to let you know, even if you're not a very dedicated gamer, if you, if you, if you just follow this industry as a tech enthusiast or just a life enthusiast, if you have children who are into this kind of thing and you want to know what's in their lives, well, we're here to help. Who is we, you might wonder? Well, we is <laughs> me, Patrick Beja, and he, Scott Johnson. How's it going, Scott? That's right. Hi, I'm happy to be a he or a, or a there or a, a other guy. It's fine. It's all good. Whatever you call me, I'm totally happy with it. Look, Patrick, I spent the last week uh, in, on a trip to Columbus, Ohio at a video game convention. It was fantastic. I would recommend any Midwesterners check that out next year. It's called GDEX. You can find it online. Had a really good time. But since, uh, uh, since I've been home, I've spent most of my time hovering a mouse over a decision of whether to, or not to spend $100 on Assassin's Creed Odyssey in order to play it two days early. And I have to say, I held ground and have not yet, and I will just wait until the fifth like every other true blue-blooded American and buy the damn thing then when it comes out. So you're real. you're breaking up a little bit, uh, but you are... Why would you I'm want good. to spend that much money on Assassin's Creed Odyssey? I guess we'll find out because uh, first we're going to be talking about the Sony introducing crossplay to the PlayStation with other consoles. Then we're going to be talking about the Oculus Quest, which is the new headset announced by Oculus and Facebook a, a week ago. And that might be the one you want. And finally, we're going to go over the October releases. And those include... Assassin's Creed Odyssey, uh, uh, among other things. And we're going to try to give you a broad idea of what they are and, and if you should get them, if you should buy them for your children or uh, brothers or sisters, children's, or, well, yourself, maybe. Um, and uh, we will get to that in just a little bit. But first, the news that Sony is introducing crossplay with other uh, gaming console consoles. Um, this had been brewing for a few months. You might have heard of people being unhappy about the fact that they can't play with their friends uh, who are playing on PlayStation if they're using another console. This kind of exploded with Fortnite releasing on the Nintendo Switch and people realizing that uh, they can't really... Um, use their account if they had used it on PlayStation on the Nintendo Switch. It was already the case with the Xbox, but since most people own either an Xbox or a PlayStation, the release on the Switch kind of brought this to a new light uh, because people, some people have a PlayStation and a Nintendo Switch. Now, Sony was right. saying we do not allow cross-play with other consoles or cross-progression with other consoles because that would be impact our business model or our community in a negative way, which was mm, disputable, I would say. Um, but 
they are uh, they faced a gamer revolt uh this is definitely some um behavior that is not conducive to gamer uh, engagement or love and uh, finally they've relented and they are allowing starting with Fortnite the crossplay uh, capability with other consoles it should be noted that they were already allowing crossplay with PC and mobile um and now they are enabling crossplay with Xbox One and uh Switch as well to me this is a massive change very important has huge ramifications but what do you think Scott uh, you're right. I think it has big ramifications. I think that is absolutely re- the result of the people uh, s- spoke and uh, Sony basically had to listen and cave. A game as big as Fortnite was uh, uh, the impetus here. And that also speaks to how huge Fortnite is and what an impact it is uh, currently on the industry. I think that part cannot be ignored. Uh, but also, uh, this is potentially the 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 opening up finally after many decades of sort of walled gardens uh, on, on various consoles. Uh, the opening up of that is a big deal. Like you might be able to see games come out that are smaller, but because they, you know, they have smaller audiences, I should say, but, but because they have a broader audience to tap into with crossplay, they can succeed on their own right and actually have a player base worth, you know, uh, worth fostering. So, I think it has all kinds of interesting impacts. I think Sony's actual statement was muted and a little bit sheepish, um, but that's nitpicking. I think this is a good move by them and probably was a long time coming. Yeah, I, and I should specify exactly what we mean by crossplay and cross progression, which is, I think, even more important. Uh, maybe I should have done this at the beginning, actually. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> basically, crossplay means you can uh, play with uh, uh, gamers from other platforms. And cross progression means that you can use your uh, account on other platforms. So uh, if you have a Fortnite account on PlayStation 4, and for example, you purchase some items on PlayStation 4, or you gain three levels on PlayStation 4, then you can take that same account and use it on Nintendo Switch. The issue that uh, Sony had with this idea was that you could buy items on another platform, maybe they were discounted, and you wouldn't, you would be able to uh, use them on PlayStation as well, therefore denying the revenue to Sony and their platform. I think there's some money uh, dealings involved here. They did mention that some games, some select games would be enabled, uh, would have uh, cross-play enabled, and that is probably going going to involve some form of payment, either a lump sum or some portion of what is spent on another platform will be given to Sony to compensate them for something. It, it's possible. Um, but beyond that, I agree. I think this is... Uh, I Actually, I guess I agree with myself. Uh, <laughs> this is massive, and it could be the beginning of really breaking down the barriers between consoles as other games um, that have... Uh, you know, always online, uh, uh, game as a service type functionalities enable this as well. Um, games yeah. like Diablo 3 or Destiny 2 come to mind, but there are many, many others. And uh, the ability to play with people from other platforms is great. The ability to use the same account on every platform, I think, is even more important and might actually lead some people to buying a game on multiple platforms. 
platforms, which is interesting yeah. to the developers. Yeah, I I do that when I can, when when it makes sense. I would be getting, I'd be jumping all over this Diablo three uh, thing if it had Battle.net connectivity, but since it doesn't, On the switch, I'm a yeah. more hesitant. Yeah, I, I would. I you know, I'm holding back as a result. Um, well, it's coming so, out on November second. Yes. They might announce it at BlizzCon. It's not impossible. They could. They could. You're right. That could be a big deal. Actually, if they suddenly came out with that, that'd be huge. And J. Allen Brack will be his big first announcement. But uh, 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 what was I going to say? Uh, oh, just to sort of finish this out. Um, the it, while it doesn't guarantee the future. I mean, you know, somebody could always roll back on this one day, or you know, other factors and that we can't foresee in the future. Um, but this makes sense. I think that that was never ensuring that they had more players to do a policy like this. This more open attitude, I think, actually helps them as a platform. Um, they're already in the lead anyway, so they're kind of in a safe place. But uh, what sells more consoles is for exclusive reasons to get a Sony console and not locking people out of a multiplayer game that happens to be across all platforms. So I think a good move across the board by Sony. Fair enough. Okay, let's talk about VR, shall we, Scott? Sure, why not? That's the hot new thing. Well, it's it's been new for a couple of years already, but you know what? Oh. If you were hesitant on VR, you might be up for the Oculus Quest, which is the latest headsets announced, uh, he- latest headset announced by Oculus. Uh, it's not quite available yet. It's going to be available uh, in the spring of next year, and uh, it is quite an interesting. I want to say compromise. So essentially, when we think about the ideal VR headset, we all imagine a cordless device uh, that can do everything that the current corded devices can. And the Oculus Quest is kind of the answer to that prayer, dare I say. It is completely wireless. You don't require those lighthouses or cameras that you need to place around your room for it to be aware of its surroundings. Uh, It has six degrees of freedom and it enables the use of those uh, fabled and famed touch controllers, which basically means um, for the six degrees of freedom, it means that you can not only rotate around in the space, but also move around in the space. Uh, And the Oculus touch controllers are what allows you to model to to model and uh, detect your hands in the virtual environment so this is uh, uh, both of those things are things that the oculus go the previously announced uh, headset which was lower tier did not do and to me those are key and i can talk about it a little bit more in a second but uh, scott you I, I can't even remember, actually, if you're a VR enthusiast. Um, if you are, what do you think about this headset? And if you're not, what do you think about this headset? <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's say I, uh, I've been bullish on VR from the beginning, and I remain bullish, although, you know, I, I ended up with a Rift, and I also have an Oculus Go, and I think they're cool. I just think we're at a very early stage of what will eventually be very light headwear uh, in the form of maybe even something as small as glasses or even contacts. Or there's a there's a day down the road where this will look like giant computer mainframes, and in the future we'll have a tiny thin phone in our pocket. That that'll be the comparison. Um, 
and we're just not there yet. Now, this is a huge step forward, I think. Um, we're talking about Oculus Rift uh, level stuff or close to it, uh, but with the convenience and the uh, and the portability with uh, that you get with the Go. Obviously, the room scaling and all the other stuff that it does wirelessly and without tracking and all that other stuff or without external you know towers and things to tell you where you're at is huge. And I think uh, an absolutely awesome step in the right direction. Um, but I'm also very cognizant as each step happens that this is just so early and I, I, I try not, not to let it sour me and it doesn't. I just wish we were, I wish we were further down the road because all this really means is, you know, now you're untethered. That's cool. And, but you're still wearing like a giant truck on your face. And <laughs> at some point that will, that will change. This is way better and further than we've ever been. And I really think Oculus is pushing the envelope and I think that's great. And I hope they continue to do it. But where I really want to see us is, you know, a decade down the road, I think is going to be very telling and will probably be closer to this destination I have in my head about where, where this stuff's going to be. So mm. on the whole, I, I'm excited about it. And I, at the, at the very least, this shows that Oculus is committed to their platform, committed to their, to their ecosystem and to building out new technology. And I think that's good for VR because, uh, you know, you never really kind of know what HTC is doing. I, they're, they're interested in selling headsets, obviously, but I don't know. They're sort of, I don't know. I feel like you, I feel like if they don't have the vision uh, that Oculus has for lack of a better term, I'm not trying to be ironic well, there with the vision, but uh, <laughs> I guess I, Oculus, I like, Oculus has the, uh, has all of the Facebook backing, which allows them to, really focus on the long-term <clears throat> vision as you said that that might be a difference or maybe maybe it's not maybe they would have done it anyway um yeah i think this is probably the best version of what is possible right now and um it is a significant upgrade to what already exists it's an upgrade to the high-end ones because it's wireless and it's an upgrade to the low-end ones because i i've always said uh in my testing of the oculus go i was really underwhelmed because the feeling the the the, the incredible feelings you get in vr are two things first your ability to move around in the world and to approach an element that you're seeing in that virtual environment which you couldn't do with the go since you only had three degrees of freedom you could only rotate your head um and the little uh, remote control couldn't move you could also only rotate it which also meant you couldn't have your hands in the world and move your hands and grab things and and that does immense things for the feeling of presence, which is key to VR. The Oculus Quest will enable both of those for the low, low price of <laughs> 400 bucks, to which you have to add, by the way, the price of the controller. So it's still not super cheap, but it is wireless. Uh, the power of the device is roughly that of a previous generation of consoles, so PlayStation 3 to Xbox One, uh, I'm sorry, to Xbox 360, 
which means you won't be able to directly port games, current games, uh, easily. You, the, the PlayStation VR has the power of a PlayStation 4, and the graphics are still one step below what we're seeing on PC, which is to be expected. But it still means that the Oculus Quest games are going to need to be ported and maybe changed a little bit, even though Oculus says it's going to be quite easy, which I believe. Um, but it's still going to mean a little bit of, of work on the developer's part. So we're going to have to wait and see how many titles are going to be available. Um, it, this is probably the one to get if you want to see the uh, uh, prom, the, the, the current state of VR at its best. But I think everyone agrees that the current state of VR is a precursor to what it can be, as you mentioned, Scott. So mm -hmm. it's kind of a hard one to... I don't know if I should recommend it or not. I would have to say no until we see what experiences are available. Yeah, for me, it's 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 mm, if the fidelity is cl close enough. Like I almost wish this was the model, and that's it. Because now you got this weird gap of like here's the go, and then there's a big gap of of what it's capable of, and then there's the quest, and then smaller gap, but then there's the rift, and then you got these questions about what you should spend and. And I think the choice may be confusing to people. I think mm. that they will see these and go, well, what's the difference? I don't understand. Yeah. And they're not going to, you know, it's going to be harder for, to make reasonable consumer decisions about these devices. If this was just straight up the Oculus Rift or the Oculus whatever, uh, and this was the one that they are now moving forward with and everything else was just a precursor to it, that would feel better to me. I think PS3 360 era capabilities are 100% great for VR. I think that's a really happy place. Uh, and I don't, I mean, yes, you can do better stuff with a PC and with a GPU and with dedicated hardware and the Rift and everything else. I get that. Um, but I think that that uh, is, a, is a really happy medium. And this has the potential to be the flagship device that everybody who develops for, everybody wants to develop for, and hopefully some of the bigger, cooler games that already exist are converted for. Um, but this disparity in what software runs on what device, I think is kind of bad for them. And mm. I would rather it be unified. Like they, so. they, they said it would be better if they said, this is our VR headset now. Everything else, forget about it. Uh, obviously, those who bought the Oculus Go two months ago might uh, wince at that. <laughs> at that. But uh, yeah, it, it's also a little bit pricey to be the only thing they are offering, especially when you add in the price of the controllers. But um, it, it's, I think going forward, they're going to have, this is their uh, product slate now. They have the Go, the Quest and the Rift, and there are going to be Go 2, Quest 2 and Rift 2 probably in the future. I think if the Go 2 enables six degrees of freedom and the controllers that might be a big step up uh but yeah we'll have to to wait and it's see all but this price, is right like at some point yeah. the price has to get into a place where uh the decision isn't four hundred dollars the decision is something closer to i mean it's kind of crazy people will happily for you know a 700 dollar phone or even you know like a watch that's 400 but we look at this and go oh 400 <laughs> i don't know like but the, if you think the about the watch it's crazy. The watch is interesting, actually. I, I, I'm guessing if there were some good uh, uh, applications, I might use the Oculus Quest more than I use my watch, which is just basically just sitting on my on my uh, wrist and not getting much. I guess it give, tells me time, but 
that's something, right? Yeah, no, I, I like it. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to our last last segment where we cover the uh, re- the big releases, not all the releases, but the big releases for the current month. Um, we have four games we want to focus on. Uh, we have the first one, Forza Horizon, which is already available. Assassin's Creed Odyssey is available tomorrow. Call of Duty Black Ops 4 is available a week from now. And Red Dead Redemption 2 is available at the end of the month. Um, let's start with Forza Horizon 4. I don't think either of us are big racing game fans, or at least not anymore. Um, but could you could you tell us roughly what Forza Horizon 4 is, or the series is, for people who, not, yeah. who don't know? So the Horizon series of Forza games is an offshoot of the Forza Prime games, which were always about ultra-realism and uh, sort of, you know, the Gran Turismo competitor that it was set up to be. It's and a driving horizon- game. You didn't yeah, mention yeah, yeah, that. Yeah, Oh, I should mention that. You drive cars. It's a <laughs> driving game. Um, but the Horizon series was an attempt by the team to take it in a more fun, not our, not full arcadey, but uh, a little bit more of an open uh, sort of direction. And, Maybe more uh, accessible, I guess. Yes, much more accessible. And, it's, and it has quickly kind of become the more popular property, uh, certainly lately. And I think that speaks a lot to... You know, we'd rather play our video games for fun than simulation. There are absolutely simulation heads out there that would rather it be 100% accurate uh, to real driving conditions and have uh, by the steering wheels and the surround vision and the freaking head tracking. And I mean, the people go nuts for this stuff. Uh, I know they're out there, but they're smaller than the broader base who would probably prefer something a little more accessible. And so Horizon uh, uh, brings that. Um, what sets this one apart is it's the first Horizon game to be part of the Game Pass. It is also uh, available on obviously on PC as well as uh, the Xbox One. My understanding is the PC version is really, really awesome and beautiful. Um, and in terms of specific gameplay tweaks, I don't really, uh, since I haven't played three, I don't know what the difference are differences are between three and four. But I am hearing nothing but rave reviews about it, that there is all kinds of crazy multiplayer opportunities, uh, chances for, for really cool stuff. The, the comparisons I've heard are like Burnout Paradise, uh, which is exciting to me because it's one of my favorite, probably my favorite racing game of all time. Um, and that's mostly in terms of like the world and the breadth of it and, and how mm. much there is to do. It's, uh, so I'm very excited about this game, actually. I mean, it, may be, it may be the thing that gets me to get a Game Pass, honestly. I may just grab one for that. It's possible for me as well. Um, I I think I won't. It won't quite make me pull the trigger because it is not quite my kind of game. And even more importantly, there are so many other games that are out there um, or coming. But it's certainly. I mean, it's an open world car racing game, and it builds on the foundation of the previous title for its Horizon Three, which had very healthy, um, a, a, a very healthy structure with different types of challenges and different types of activities and some online components. But this one has, as you mentioned, uh, fortified that aspect. It also has a really engaging uh, season aspect where the seasons change dynamically and change the. T- 
type of events you want you you, you are able to do um, and make the game look pretty stunning because you go through all of those seasons uh, uh, individually and it's not like mission one mission two that kind of structure as I mentioned it really is an open world game I think if you are a fan of driving this seems to be the one you're the most likely to enjoy uh, at the moment. There are a few other driving games, including, as you said, the Forza uh, uh, original series, but this one is much more appealing to people who aren't as dedicated. So this is a great driving game. Um, another game which you were saying you might want to buy no matter what is Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Um, so Assassin's Creed Origins came out last year and that was kind of a soft reboot of the franchise. It had, uh, uh, the franchise had skipped the year before and this year it's essentially reusing the engine and many of the assets of the uh, uh, Origins game, which was set in ancient Egypt, um, and it's is setting it more around uh, ancient Greece. Um, yep. So, why are you especially interested in this one? Uh, well, first of all, I loved Origins. I love the new direction for the series. Um, I love that game. It was one of my favorite games of last year, and I loved it. Oh my gosh, I loved it. So, uh, when I heard they were doing another year over year for the first time in a long time, I was, I didn't roll my eyes and go, Oh, Ubisoft, you're overdoing it. I actually got excited and said, Oh, cool. I'm, I'm in for more of this. And now that the reviews are rolling in, it also seems to be pretty universally being praised, which is also uh, exciting. Um, they have gone full. I shouldn't say full like the Witcher, but um, in the direction of the Witcher with this game. And they did it with Origins a bit. Apparently, it's even more so this time, including branching dialogue paths and choices that affect things later and and all that sort of stuff you'd expect from a big RPG rather than a you know an action stealth game, which is how the Assassin's Creed series started. Um, it's got loot <clears throat> that's sort of handled in a uh, Diablo kind of way. Uh, the, the combat is a bit more like Dark Souls-ish in terms of uh, some of it anyway, although, you know, you can kind of hammer your way through it. So it's not entirely that, but, uh, at any it's more rate, technical, I, let's say it's, it, you can play yeah. it in a more technical way than you could before. And they've also, Absolutely. uh, done away with the shields, I believe in this one. So you have to be a little bit more dynamic in the combat. I think so. Um, there may be some shields, but they've done, okay. I can't remember how they've handled it, but there's, there's a lot of dual weaponing going on, but there's also long, you know, spear type weapons and you use them in a different way. Um, you still have the bird from the last one, although his name is Icarus or Icarus. It's spelled funny, but it's supposed to be. But, does he does he fly really close to the sun, or he no, or oh, he'd okay. melt? Right. So he flies. <laughs> oh, just uh, the, the wax on his wings, so right? He'd be fine. Uh, <laughs> he is, uh, but apparently the 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 world is absolutely drop dead gorgeous. The story's really strong. The the actual stuff you do is compelling and fun. They're dipping. Oh, this is the other thing: is Origins dipped into this a little bit. It's even more so in this game, where they're they're dipping into mythology and not just historical accuracy. So they uh, are, you know, they you spend some time around Medusa, and there. I don't know how these play out and if it's dreamy or how they handle it, but there's there's an attempt to get into Greek mythology. Uh, they deal with the Spartans. They deal with all sorts of stuff. So. Uh, oh, you also, uh, yeah, you have two protagonists this time again that you get to choose from. Uh, this is similar to the way things worked in Syndicate, although uh, Syndicate lets you kind of jump back and forth. 
This one is just sort of pick and go. And uh, apparently the girl is the pick because she's got some voice actress that everyone is like freaking out about. Like she needs to win awards. She's so good. Anyway, I've been hovering over that damn button because they want a hundred bucks for the gold edition. That lets you play five days early. Ooh, five days. Uh, but wait, yeah. it's coming out tomorrow. It's also the, what else do you get with it? You get all the DLC stuff and the season pass and everything. So it's not just that you get to play it early. Um, you get, you know, you're, you're getting a good value if you're going to buy all that stuff anyway. Um, but the only reason I would want it is so I could play it early. And I just, I just agonized over that from the first <laughs> all the way until today. Now I'm, now I'm fine. It's, it's out of my system. I'm just waiting tomorrow to get it in the normal price and I'll just play it. But I am very excited to play it because it's probably going to be all I focus on and play before Red Dead 2, which we'll talk about in a second. Uh, but I'm very happy to hear this being well received, that a year over year uh, wasn't a problem for them this time. And I hope it does well because I think these games have shaped up to be, I've always liked the series, but I really like where they're at right now. I mm. think they're super cool and, I, and I'm really into them. So uh, Assassin's Creed, or, uh, not Origins, uh, Odyssey, not to be confused with last year's Mario Odyssey, available <laughs> now. The Yeah, I think the fact that they're not putting one out next year they've announced it, uh, is kind of giving this one more strength. Uh, this is the last one we're going to get for two years. Um, yeah. So I think next year we might get a bundle for Origins and Odyssey or something like that. We'll see. But uh, yeah, if you want an open world, accessible, uh, uh, gorgeous AAA historical title, Assassin's Creed seems like a, a no-brainer in this um, in this. Well, I, I'm, I was going to say for this year, but if you want to get recent history, there's maybe Red Dead Redemption that might be a choice <laughs> for you as well. Um, we'll get to that in a second. Call of Duty Black Ops 4 coming out next week on the 12th. Uh, Call of Duty, you know, it is the arcadey first-person shooter that everyone buys or everyone who likes those games Um every year and the big difference this year is that they don't have a single player campaign but they do have a battle royale mode which of course mimics the uh success of um uh, uh, fortnite and the uh, player knowns battleground as everyone is and the thing is it seems like it's a really solid game mode from the uh, feedback we've gotten from the beta so the big question is are people going to be getting call of duty black ops 4 for that battle royale mode or are they going to remain in their existing battle royale games um call of duty blackout uh black ops sorry four uh has essentially three legs to stand on the standard multiplayer where you have different types of squads and missions uh and it's always player versus player you have the zombie mode which is its its own thing in itself it is also multiplayer but co-op and it's become an actual full-fledged mode and you also have this new blackout mode, which is the Battle Royale. So you essentially get three games in one. Uh, all of them seem really well done, really fun, if you like that kind of arcade shooter. Um, obviously, Call of Duty coming out every single year for the past, it seems like, 150 years, uh, is tarnishing the appeal of the franchise a little bit, but there are still people who really enjoyed it. And it is kind of a... Uh, sure um, shot if you want something that people are at least going to enjoy if you want to buy this as a present for Christmas, for example. Right. 
I agree 100%. And uh, I think you, you brushed over the blackout mode, which I think is an important thing to emphasize. I think this game will sell a crap ton based really? on that mode alone. I really do. And the reason I think that is... Uh, sometimes early beta tests and things are just for testing and the general public doesn't care that much about testing or whatever. But in a post Fortnite world, a post PUBG world, uh, it's impossible not, it's, it, we cannot understate the power that that, that open beta had that opened people's eyes to call of duty in a way that I think they haven't in a while. And they went, Oh, this is really a fun mode. Mm-hmm. And I might like this better than the other battle royale games i'm committed to and i think that that made a huge impact so yeah. i think that's the selling point this time around i think that's why people are going to want it if you're on pc you're already mildly excited because it's on the blizzard launcher uh there's something about that for some of us that makes us go oh and some people hate <laughs> that but you know whatever but uh but people on consoles and everywhere else i think are fi- are, are seeing this and saying no wait a minute this is it's almost like buying overwatch because there's no single player in Overwatch, but there's all this stuff to do, and this game is presenting a ton of stuff to do. I'm, for the first time in a very long time, excited about a Call of Duty game, and it's because of Blackout. It's because of this focus on on multiplayer, which it always yeah. had, but it's weird. No, but it's- I, I didn't expect this. I think they're going to do good with it. You're right. It, it was not poo-pooed quite, but people were skeptical about uh, the blackout mode until that beta happened. And uh, what people found was that it is a polished, accessible, fun, arcadey version of uh, PUBG, of PlayerUnknown's Battleground, which is notably a little bit buggy, a little bit, and even the gameplay loop is kind of, uh, uh, you have to be patient and you have to be deliberate and it takes a long time and you're hiding for a long time. This one is a little bit more uh, like Fortnite in that you jump in, you get a gun, you shoot people, maybe you die, you jump out and you jump back in immediately, more arcadey, but in that uh, uh, realistic kind of aesthetic of PUBG. So it might find its place for sure. And it turned out uh, to be, or it looks like it's turning out to be a really uh, um, strong appeal for that franchise, which people kind of were getting tired of. So we'll see how it plays out. I would also just uh, briefly, if you are someone like me where you've played Fortnite and you appreciate the speed and the arcadiness of it, but over hate the construction, like, right? That, but you hate the con- hate, hate, hate. I can't <laughs> emphasize this enough. Hate the construction mo- part of it. This is the game because this features the fast pace, the quickness. Uh, yes, visually, you're you're in a much more realistic setting, but 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 it's got the speed that you want from something like Fortnite, and none of that stupid construction. So I am telling you, there's a hole to fill there, and I think this is going to do it. Plus, a lot of like big streamers were playing this during the beta. I think this opened up a lot of eyes. I think this is going to be a genuine monster hit for Activision in a way they haven't had with Call of Duty in five, six years. I have to say, uh, when I talked to Mr. Darling's class of uh, fifth graders a few months back, it, on this, well, not on this show, on uh, DTNS Labs Games, they did tell me we're all waiting to see what Call of Duty is going to do uh, because we're all playing Fortnite right now, but we're thinking Call of Duty might kill Fortnite. Now, 
forget the fact that Call of Duty is a game that shouldn't be sold to people under 18. <laughs> Just try to not think about that for a second. And that's, I, I would have thought they would say Fortnite is all we want forever. But they were very aware of these other games coming out and looking at them uh, in, in, with a lot of interest. So I have an 18-year-old who's really into Fortnite and he is ready to jump to black ops mm. so you uh, might be surprised we it's funny because we were all you know chuckling when uh they they came out on stage and said call of duty black ops will have a battle royale mode and we're all yeah right okay <laughs> yeah i know and here we are like proof's in the pudding if it's yeah. really that fun to play then that's all anyone really cares about so yeah i i think they are going to even surprise themselves uh, turns out this was the right move for them. The real question is if Battlefield can... can Ooh, that's water. a whole other... Well, we'll talk about Battlefield next month because it's coming out yeah. in... Uh, wait, is it December? Maybe it's November. Uh, we'll see. It may be November, I forget. Yeah, I, I think it's in November. We'll see. Uh, but the last game we want to talk about is likely the biggest game of the year. Uh, Maybe the decade. We've been burying (laughs) the lead here. This is the biggest deal ever, and it's all that matters. Go ahead, Patrick. So if you thought that uh, Scott was excited for Assassin's Creed Odyssey, (laughs) uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 is coming out on the 26th. Of course, Red Dead Redemption 2 is developed by Rockstar Games, developers of the mega franchise Grand Theft Auto, um, of which Grand Theft Auto 5 came out, I think, five years ago and has never left the top charts since um and you are i think i think everyone in the world of gaming is excited for red dead redemption 2 you are the most excited person i know um we're gonna get into what red dead redemption 2 does specifically but explain to people who might not know about this franchise why you're so into it all right. For those who don't know, it's Rockstar Games. They created the GTA series or the Grand Theft Auto series. That. I just said that. Oh, I, no, you I, should... yes, you did. But here's the important bit. <laughs> okay. They, they, uh, everyone thought that's all they would do. Like mm. you just have a lifetime of GTA and GTA sequels and all of that. And we've certainly had that. And there have been some fine GTA games. GTA 5 is a very profitable enterprise for them. They've sold 90 million plus copies, uh, and all that. Then along comes this very small game during the PS2 era called Red Dead Revolver, uh, which was a their attempt to sort of go a little more open world, but in a very different place, and that being the Old West. It was Wait, received they didn't okay. do it. it. It wasn't... They bought it. They bought the franchise, didn't they? I thought they... Well, maybe. Let, I let didn't me, know that. Let me check not this. Sure. I did not know that, if that's true. Maybe I had no idea. Right. No, no, maybe you're right. I, I, I might be mistaken. Uh, oh, it's Rockstar San Diego, so it might not be the you know the just original not the main studio yeah. yeah and in this particular case by the way red dead 2 is eight studios yeah. working on it, <laughs> which is really exciting anyway so they uh uh they did that it was received okay but you know didn't change the world or anything uh swing forward you get a couple of more gta's got thrown in there and then boom red dead redemption one uh which was just called red dead redemption and it is Absolutely, without fail, I don't care who you are, what you say, the game of that generation. It was amazing. It introduced wow. all kinds of crazy new things into the open world game and uh, gameplay and story and combat. It's set in the Old West, which is a huge favorite of mine. 
I watch a Western any day of the week. Uh, I love that kind of stuff. And it was also my kind of Western, the kind of tone I like. John Marsden was a very sympathetic, cool character. Uh, everything about that game rocked. And Patrick's wrong if he thinks I'm wrong about it being Game of the Generation. It was incredible. Best game of that so, whole eight, 10 years, whatever it was. Well, I, I would argue uh, The Last of Us was the game of that generation. But boo, boo. <laughs> but certainly Red Dead, that, that is, you know, the, the realm of personal preference. Red Dead Redemption came out maybe midway through the generation, uh, maybe even a little bit earlier. The Last of Us came, came towards the end. It's a very different, actual, very different game. John Marston, that name rang in my house for long after uh the the i stopped playing it it was it's the kind of they create a kind of mood and atmosphere that when you're playing the game and someone else comes by they are going to be intrigued by what they're seeing and certainly my wife uh was calling out john marston for a few months and now it's happening again with the release of red dead redemption 2 yeah uh, it's really i was exciting. a bit jealous yeah. i have to say but um so, <laughs> uh, the, the the open world was had kind of magical pro- properties in Red Dead Redemption. It was maybe the first time that getting on my horse, I started doing a mission, and then I stopped as the sun was setting over a hill, and I just slowed the horse the horse down and just started. Uh, you know, uh, uh, slowly walking by the horse, looking at the sunset with little uh, uh, rabbits and eagles going around nearby. It was quite an amazing experience. Now, even then on that hardware, and even today, you look at it now in streams and stuff or uh, video, it's still just breathtaking, that game. It was a step up even in game design for the open world type uh, uh, structure. It was this and Assassin's Creed which basically set the groundwork for every... Uh, well, Assassin's Creed was a little bit older, actually, but uh, it, it it was the... it archetypified that kind of uh, game, I, I would argue, including mixing open world and very strong narrative components. This one, Red Dead Redemption 2, coming out after much anticipation. Um, so we'll have to wait and see what it actually is once it comes out. But what we're hearing now from people who have had an opportunity to play it um, is... Of course, it has everything that the first one had, and that is come has come to become expected from these kinds of games. But also, what it has is a world that is much more uh, uh, interactive in the sense that it, it interacts with you and then interacts with itself. Um, yeah. What we keep hearing is that it feels alive in the sense that there are a lot of emergent behaviors, that you go by someone and they will do something, and you, the way you react to it will have a consequence in his branch of the world. That person might go and uh, uh, tell that you killed someone or might uh, help you out in in later down the line. And these seem a little bit like they've already existed. But again, from everything we're hearing, we haven't tried this yet. Um, it yeah. seems like this is the first game to fulfill the promise of an actual living, breathing world that goes beyond scripts and uh, canned 
moments. Now, we'll have to wait and see if this is actually the case or if it's a, a, a masquerade that works for the first five hours of game time and then you start seeing the strings. Uh, but everyone, every journalist, many of whom I deeply respect, came out of their, their playing sessions saying, there's something special to this and the world feels different. Uh, it feels like you are part of an existing place rather than being the center of a game. So Yeah, I, I'm hearing the same thing. Uh, the five-hour demo a lot of these guys got, they would come out and say things like, um, you know, you're, let's say you hold up somebody on the, on a road and there's a witness there. She may not even be there for somebody else's playthrough, but there happens to be a witness and you might, you now have to make a role-playing decision. Do you let this witness go? Cause she promises she won't tell anyone. Do you kill her to silence her? Um, you have these options. The problem is if you kill her, she'll go missing. And sometime later, the game will start wondering where she is and, and it'll be in the form of you're in town and somebody's like, eh, we're, we, you know, nobody's seen her for days. We haven't. And an investigation can start around it and, and you could be implicated. Or if you let her go, she might not tell anybody because she committed to and none's the wiser and everyone's good. And, and, and you may see her later and she'll just be afraid of you again. Or she'll run and tell the sheriff. And now you got a whole nother problem. Like <laughs> it sounds if they can pull this off, it sounds like one of the most dynamic systems I've heard of, and it really could push the envelope. These guys know what they're doing. It's eight studios. It's five years development plus, and it's the longest they've gone between releases for their games uh, since GTA V originally uh, launched. So mm. uh, they've also been just sitting around printing money with GTA Online and funding this <laughs> this enterprise. <laughs> Which there will uh, be a Red Dead Redemption, Red Dead Online as well, of course. But and there will. Just, it's, it's launching later. Continue, yeah, yeah, beta in in November. But before you continue, I do want to add to this idea that the 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 woman you let go might go and tell the sheriff. I think when you you hear this, you might think, well, this happened in games before. But apparently, this is all modeled in the world in the sense that the woman doesn't just unlock a script that makes that turns your status into wanted by the sheriff she actually within the game world is modeled to go all the way to the sheriff's house tell her what she's seen have a conversation there so you could in theory that's my understanding follow her and listen yep. to the conversation that those two characters are having and then the sheriff starts a party to investigate the thing etc cetera, etc cetera. so yeah and it does it in real time so that she there's travel time and there's right knock on the door and talk to the guy and and him responding and setting up the posse it isn't just a turn on turn off ones and zeros like that's that is unbelievable if they can do it that's unbelievable it's mm -hmm. amazing oh my gosh uh, Dude, I'm barely stand even sitting here. I'm so excited for this. So it's excited for this. It's certainly an ambitious and exciting promise. Um, we'll see in a few weeks. It's coming only in a few weeks, Scott. Can you imagine? Um, oh so we'll have to, to wait and see if it actually uh, delivers on that promise. But it's certainly very exciting. And it is the one game that everyone would agree if you took a poll on on the gaming population right now i think everyone agrees will this will be the most exciting the best seller game of the year so you can't really avoid it um no yeah it's yeah. there whether you want it or not 
and it will be amazing. And I will call it the game of this generation. <laughs> let's 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 play it for a couple of days before we go that far. <laughs> All right. All right, that is going to be it for this episode of the monthly video game briefing. Thank you so much for being with me, uh, Scott. Would you tell the fine people listening where they can get more information from you on various things? Well, if they're interested in more video game talk, I have a little show called Boop, B-O-O-P, uh, that records every week. Uh, Brian Dunaway and I sit around and talk about the latest games we're playing. Uh, we do a lot of indie stuff, which we like a lot. And if that's kind of your speed, if you're interested in that side of gaming, it's a really fun show for that. So you can find that over at frogpants.com along with all the other shows I do. And if you're just interested in hearing me say stupid things publicly, why you can find me on Twitter at Scott Johnson. And if you enjoy games in general and you think, well, you know, boob sounds interesting. I'm going to subscribe to that, but I want more. You can go subscribe to Pixels, which is a gaming show I do. The latest episode, we went over our renewed love for Destiny 2 with uh, Mark Turpin, the Terpster, who also oh. is very much in love with that game. The release of the latest expansion kind of brought it back from the dead for us, and we discuss why on that latest episode of Pixels. So go check that out if you are interested in games. As I said, in general, industry, industry news, latest games all of that it's on pixels and i'm not patrick on twitter if that is more your jam thank you for listening we'll be back in about a month with the answer to that question or to that statement scott gave red dead redemption 2 is the game of this generation i understand that doesn't call for an answer if it's just a statement but we'll try to answer the statement nonetheless talk to you in a month Bye. yep see you post bizcon everybody <laughs> <laughs>